So you got your perfect man, you're about to go out on the perfect first date. What could go wrong, right? Wrong. Yes, nothing messes up the first date like a breakout. Holy crap, seriously. I don't know about you guys, but I definitely have some huge FOBO issues. You know FOBO. The fear of breaking out, duh. Dermala totally gets it. They create a customized skincare kit for my skin, just for me. I mean, how cool is that? And you can get one too, just for you. Their blend of prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotics helps balance out your microbiome and treats cause of your acne. That's what sets Dermala apart from everything else I've tried before. You sign up and take your personal skincare quiz and get a cool little kit sent right to your door. That includes your pH balance cleanser, your acne treatment pads, probiotic supplements, and drug-free pimple patches. Talk about fighting acne from the inside out, right? This is the ultimate kick-ass acne kit. Seriously, what else could you possibly need that's not included in this kit? So get first date ready, Dermala.com. Use your code Krista20, that's K-R-Y-S-T-A-2-0, and get 20% off of your first kit. It's time to cut out all of that FOBO and get Dermala. their life and you don't really understand just how much until you sit and listen to their story this next story literally had me in tears I remember listening to it for the first time in the shower and what I felt I just couldn't control the overwhelming feeling that came over me and tears literally were coming from my eyes I just couldn't believe it I wanted to help I wanted to understand it this story is so powerful and this woman is so brave I want you to take a listen because I know you're going to feel what I felt I'm Krista Monet, and this is her story. Not many people know this about me, but I was sexually abused as a child from a very young age for multiple years by a family member. I did finally have the courage to tell my parents, and they addressed it right away, and he was also taken to jail. I did have to see him sometimes at multiple family events, But one thing I want to mention is that my truth in this story has nothing to do with him and has nothing to do with my family members. But this is how I learned to deal and face my trauma in order to heal and move forward with my life. I'm not going to mention his name or even what relation I had to him. So a little bit of backstory. This started when I was very young and it happened on and off for multiple years. He even lived with us at one point and that's when the abuse became more frequent. I won't go into all the details, but there were multiple instances where we played something called hide and go get it. 
And the breaking point where I finally had the courage to tell my mom was when he assaulted me in the corner of a pool where other people were around. He actually lived with us at the time, and I knew it would just get worse. Thinking back to the day, I can still feel the range of emotions I had walking up to my mom telling her that I had something really important to tell her. But like I said, my parents did address it right away. I will say as a child, I didn't necessarily feel protected because my family never really addressed it. I'm 33 years old and it was just an unspoken rule. Like we didn't talk about it after it happened. Um, I think most of my family believed me, but I do honestly believe there were some family members who did not. And I just honestly think we didn't know how to address it. There weren't a lot of conversations around sexual abuse, especially within family during that time or even mental health or anything else. And nothing against my family. They did their best. And like I said, this story isn't about them per se, but um, I now know that there were things that we could have done a little bit better. And I've actually addressed that with them as well. There were many times where I would still see him at family events and I tried to keep the peace because there were comments sometimes, you know, saying that he wants to come to the event, but I'm there so he couldn't come. And I always felt like I had to be the person that had to keep the peace within the family. But I just want anyone to know that has been a victim of sexual abuse. It is not your job to make your abuser or your family or anyone around you to feel comfortable or at peace with the situation. Your number one job is to protect yourself. But the main point of this story is really to talk about how to address your traumas and to move forward and to really start that healing journey. I recently found out and realized that I hadn't addressed my past like I thought I had. I had suppressed it, so I never really addressed it and I became numb to it. And because you don't talk about it, because you don't think about it, because your family doesn't talk about it, doesn't mean that it just goes away and it's never there. It's in the back, you know, the background, but there are triggers. And recently I found out that I'm still triggered by the situation. This family member recently contacted me and asked me to help talk to a DA so that he can be taken off of the sex offenders list. Mind you, him and I have never addressed the situation. Like I said, there were times after, you know, he got out of jail that sometimes we would run into each other at family events or we were in the same vicinity, even though we weren't supposed to be. But we had never sat down. Um, I never got an apology from him. Not that I think that would change anything or that I can even that I even wanted it. But it was really strange to hear from him and of all things for him to ask me to help remove him from the sex offenders list. I was overcome with emotions. I didn't even realize that I felt any way about this. I thought it was just a situation that was in the past and I was done with it. But as he was talking to me about it, I started to black out. Like, I don't even remember most of the conversation. I just remember thinking, did he really just have the audacity to ask me this? I started, I started having a panic attack. The God was looking out for me because the signal dropped. And I just leaned against my counter and I felt like I couldn't breathe. My chest was tight and I just started crying uncontrollably. 
I really didn't know what to do and or who to contact, but I decided to contact my dad and he answered the phone and I was just crying. I knew that he thought something was really wrong, like someone was hurt or maybe someone had passed or something was wrong with the family member, but I could not get the words out. And he just kept asking like, what happened? What's wrong? And finally I told him what happened. And it was really interesting that I decided to contact my dad because while I do trust him and I love him and he's always protected me in this sense because, you know, he addressed it. We've never, since the situation happened, talked about it. So it also was a trigger for him because he realized, you know, we've talked about it since then, but he realized that he also had never addressed this traumatic event from his past. And he didn't really know what to say. He was just taken aback that he even contacted me. We talked about the fact that, you know, I needed to forgive him for myself. And I totally thought I did, but I really didn't know exactly what that forgiveness really looked like. And I didn't know if maybe helping him get off the sex offenders list was my way of forgiving him. But I just knew (laughs) that I hated him at that moment. And I just couldn't believe the fact that he even contacted me to talk about it, especially because we had never addressed it previously. And there was no sign of remorse. It was just like something like a normal conversation, like, hey, just calling you. How are you? Hey, can you, by the way, can you help me get off the sex affair? It was not any sign of remorse. And I think that's probably what shocked me the most. I did tell my dad that I wanted to heal from the situation and be able to move forward. And we talked about what that may look like and what my options were. I didn't want to have any ill feelings towards the situation or towards the family member anymore. I really wanted to be able to let that hurt go. So I did a lot of soul searching. I did a lot of praying. I did a lot of meditating. And just so happened this opportunity actually to talk about my truth and my story came up. And I decided to take it because I felt like saying it out loud and really processing the situation again, because I haven't necessarily addressed it since my childhood, would be really good for me, but also would hopefully help me heal. Um, As a sexual abuse victim, especially when it's from someone that's within your family, I particularly felt shame, a lot of shame, a lot of embarrassment, a lot of questioning myself on what if I should have told or or what if I could have told earlier or why did I get the courage to say something? Maybe I shouldn't have said something at all because I feel as if I damaged a relationship between some of my family members and I felt guilt over that. But I've now had to really process and dive deep into my own emotions to really come to the realization that that's not my fault. He did that. I did not do that. I am a victim. And sometimes it's really hard to admit that. It's hard to admit that you're a victim because you don't want to feel that way. You don't want to feel hopeless and helpless. But being a victim of something solely means that you are not at fault for the traumatic event that happened to you. Being a victim does not mean that you can't heal, that you can't move on from your traumatic event, that you can't gain your life back. I 
came to the realization that I was giving him way too much power in my life. I didn't even know how much power he really had. This is a little embarrassing to say, but I was trying to keep the peace so much and within my family because I just didn't want to hear, you know, about the situation anymore. And I didn't want to hear, you know, why are you treating him different? He was on my social media. He was on my Snapchat. And every time he looked at my Snapchat, I would feel really weird inside. And I kept questioning, like, why am I allowing him to be on here? But it was just solely the fact that if I didn't, then maybe he would say something and then my family would get upset. And it just this guilt over and over and over again, not realizing how much of a toll that was really taking on me emotionally. I never really talked to my family about it, so I can't even blame them because no one said anything. It was just from my past because, you know, there was still that guilt there from him not being able to come to events and people not necessarily believing me. Like I said, most of my family did, but there were still some questions there. So again, I just assumed that responsibility when it was not mine to assume. I did end up speaking to the DA shortly after he called me and she explained why they contact the victim. Many times that victim is still being abused and that's their outlet to tell someone. Luckily, that's not the case for me. I haven't seen him in many, many years, but she did ask if I had strong feelings either way to keep him on or remove him from the list. I thought about it and honestly, I'm at peace with the situation and I just said that I didn't have strong feelings either way. Whatever they decided to do was up to them. And I had no contact with him except for that one time. Um, and I didn't want to have any further contact with him. She also explained that this would not remove any previous convictions. And my testimony would not be removed either. This was just to determine if he had any other incidents since his last conviction. And if he hadn't, he was eligible to be removed from the list. I know not everyone would agree with that decision, but that is probably the closest to forgiveness that I can get outside of just healing. And I honestly hope he heals as well. He has children and a wife, and I wish the best for them. And I hope that he finds a way to forgive himself if he hasn't already. My abuse is just the first part of my story. The second part of my story, the most important part of my story, is my healing journey and me taking my life back. I've had to do a lot of soul searching. 2020 has probably brought that out of a lot of us. But I've really been addressing a lot of my trauma this year. And this has been a year of reflection for me. And as I turn 33, it will continue to be a year of reflection and a year of shift and transformation. God has really been pushing me to shift. He keeps pushing all these traumatic events that occurred in my past in my face and forcing me to address it. I've drowned it out by friends and by drinking and by partying and by my career. Like I work constantly. I'm a workaholic. But because you push it away and you sweep it under the rug and you push it to the back of your mind, you become numb to it. You don't address it. You become numb. And that is not the same thing. There are so many times that we talk about mental health and we talk about depression and anxiety, but we don't necessarily talk about what could have possibly prevented it. It can always be prevented, but... It's really important to find someone that you trust that you can talk to about these events. 
My mother took me to a counselor soon after all of that happened. And the counselor did say that, you know, I wasn't really talking about the situation. I didn't want to talk. I wasn't acting strange. I seemed normal. Well, I somehow taught myself early on um, that my coping mechanism would just to not think about it, not talk about it, become numb to it. And that has been my coping mechanism ever since. And there have been a lot of things that I have addressed, but again, a lot of things that I have not. I've recently done a lot of research on sexual abuse victims, in particular for those that this occurred during their childhood. And I didn't know that up to 40% of children in the U.S. suffer from sexual abuse, which can then have long-term effects on their future. Many abuse victims suffer from PTSD. Many abuse victims have more sexual encounters than the regular person, which then can make them more susceptible to STDs and more risk-taking behaviors. Many abuse victims have a distorted view of their bodies and are more likely to allow others to victimize them, whether it be domestic violence, mental or emotional abuse. These are just a few of the reasons why it's so important to talk to somebody, no matter if it's a counselor, a therapist, a psychiatrist, a pastor, a friend, a family member. And for me personally, um, just the shame sometimes that comes with it, the guilt, and really being able to forgive yourself. I didn't realize that I needed to forgive myself first. It's not my fault that it took me so long to speak up. It's not my fault that it even happened in the first place. It is now time for me to take control back of my life, of my future, of my body, of my mind. Let all of that guilt, that shame, and any negative emotions for that specific situation go and move on. I'm extremely happy with my life. I have amazing people around me. I love my family. I have a great career that I work really hard at. But that doesn't mean that life is perfect and that I can't continue to improve and work on myself and my mental health by addressing all of my traumas. And I encourage you to do the same. Being a sexual abuse victim does not mean that your life ends. You can still love somebody. You can still have healthy relationships and friendships. And you can still own your life and your body. Take control back from your abuser. My story may have began with abuse, but it doesn't end there. It ends with my healing journey. It ends with me knowing that I'm strong, resilient, kind, loving, and I can bounce back from anything. I can overcome any obstacle. I'm flipping the word victim into victor because I can overcome anything and I will not be defeated by any enemy. I'm also a very firm believer that everything happens for a reason. And that experience helped shape me into the woman that I am today that I am extremely proud of. Maybe this also happened so that I can help other sexual abuse victims overcome their fears and really start their healing journey. That's why I'm telling my story today, because I hope this helps at least one person, helps them understand that what you're feeling is totally normal, whether it's shame, whether it's guilt, whether it's sadness, any emotion, it's extremely normal. And it took me a really long time to really figure that out. Life is not over. You can still live a happy, healthy life and have happy, healthy relationships. I just want to give a huge shout out to Krista Monet and The Feminine Truth. Me publicly telling my story for the first time has been a huge part of my healing journey as well. It's helped me really 
rehash those memories, even though it's been a little bit traumatic for me. But having to actually feel emotions instead of suppressing it has been really healthy for my mental health. And it's also helped me realize that I need to talk to somebody, whether it's a therapist, family members, friends that I trust, and continue to lean on God. I'm sending so much love and light into the world. I hope you all start your healing journey. My name is Jatika Bell, and this is my truth. Speaking truth into the world is such an amazing thing. You never know who your story is going to touch. By speaking your truth, you can help someone identify their own. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. If you would like to share a story for the podcast, please reach out to us at hey at thefeminintruth.com. I'll be sure to drop some more details in the show notes if you're interested. And remember, you're always anonymous unless you choose not to be. Thanks everyone for listening. Be sure to subscribe and also leave us a review. Takes two seconds for you, does wonders for us. Until next week. Thanks for listening.